I'm Arielle Thompson, a senior copywriter. When I think about a great boss, I definitely think of Elliot, his very vocal belief in my capacity and talent was definitely instrumental in me growing in the way that I did. I have had a lot of great bosses throughout my career. One in particular really stands out. Her biggest gift as a leader is her ability to make others feel seen and appreciated. He was my uh, direct senior manager when I was working at Best Buy. The thing that was very different about him was this, this genuine care for the individual. You know that Maya Angelou quote, um, I forget exactly how it goes, but basically people will forget what you said and they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget the way that you made them feel. I think that's really true when it comes to a good boss. Hi everyone, this is Surfing Corporate, the podcast that helps you navigate tricky corporate waters. Today, we're doing a special episode, an episode that honors a certain species that lives in corporate waters, a species that can lift you up to your full potential or pull you down to the bottom of the ocean floor. Given that October 16th is National Boss Day, we've decided to focus today's episode on the bosses that actually get it right. The ones that help you grow and make an overall positive impact on your career. They do exist. And if you're lucky enough to have one, it's a total game changer. Bosses get a lot of hate and we blame them for everything that isn't going well for employees, but they get little recognition when they actually do their job well. So today we're shining a bright light on all seven of them. <laughs> no, seriously, we're going to share research we found on this topic and stories that listeners submitted of their awesome bosses, of what they did right, how a few words or a gesture made a huge difference, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're really great stories. I wanted to ask for more money. I wanted to ask for a raise. And I think it's probably unusual to be able to sort of go to your boss so candidly to talk about things like this. And he prepared me for how to pursue this and literally went to bat for me to go after this increase. And that was unexpected and <laughs> appreciated and I got it. And I think that's probably a fairly unique situation. I don't know how common that is. Uh, it's not common, Ariel. <laughs> Count your blessings. Okay, having said that, let's dive into what behaviors make bosses truly great. We researched several different articles to compile Surfing Corporate's curated list. Our final sources were HBR, Monster.com, and a great study done by Google that appeared on Inc.com. As always, you can find the links to these articles in our show notes. All right, it's time for Surfing Corporate's curated list of... What makes bosses awesome? 
Okay, so let's start off by saying that we're going to present these in no particular order because none is more important than the other. And also, you probably won't find a boss that has all of these qualities. I mean, I know there's some really great ones out there, but it's really hard to find one that has everything. And if you're a boss, don't feel bad if you don't nail every single one of these, but at least you're going to get a clear picture of what the things are that you should be striving for. So let's begin. Number one, an awesome boss has the ability to inspire their employees. Wait, wait, Let, let's set up some inspirational music for this, Glenda. Number one, an awesome boss has the ability to inspire their employees. An awesome boss identifies their employees' best qualities and really brings them out. They make you want to go to work and want to work hard. They motivate you to live up to your full potential. He was definitely like my biggest cheerleader, which was a new experience. Elliot believed in my talents more than I believed in it myself, and it was contagious. It encouraged me and inspired me to, to strive for more, to push myself, to develop my skills, and to take on challenges that I think previously I probably would have shied away from or been too afraid to put myself out there and go for it. If you're lucky enough to have a boss like this, quiet quitting doesn't even cross your mind because you are truly fully engaged in what you do at work. A thousand percent. And, and especially if you're starting out in your career, because if you are lucky enough to have a boss that really does want to bring out the best in you, it might even open doors for you that you didn't even know you had. And I know that happened for me. I, I didn't think that I had what it took to do certain things. And my boss is like, you got it. Yes, you can. Just go outside your comfort zone. Go ahead and go for it. And I did. And it was successful. But had that person not encouraged me, I would have never even thought that I was capable of doing it. So shout out to Jose Perez for that. Yeah, I, I had a boss that did that for me as well. Maybe not so inspirational. It was like, shut up, stop complaining. You can totally do this. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's one way of doing it. But the message was there. <laughs> Number two, an awesome boss has a high EQ, which is high emotional intelligence. In today's transitioning workplace, having a high EQ is one of the most important traits of a good boss. It's bosses that are able to discern between their own personal beliefs and the thoughts and beliefs of others and other generations. For example, now that we have, you know, a multi-generational workplace with boomers, Gen Xers, uh, millennials, and now Gen Z. We had a whole episode about that, and it's so critical to have somebody in leadership now that can understand those different generations and where they're coming from. Um, this is a type of boss that reads the room easily and they know when people need to be pushed. They know when they need to be given permission to chill um, and to mediate differences between employees. And I feel that this is the boss that could have been a therapist if they had made different life choices, but they have that instinct, you know, they, they, they really are very smart when it comes to analyzing their employees' emotions and navigating them in a way that will lead to a positive outcome. And it's, it's not always easy. And a lot of people do not have, <laughs> have these qualities. I think more and more now, that's just a critical capability that leaders need to have. And we talk a lot about being authentic in the workplace and having 
psychological safety in the workplace, having all of these things means that bosses now have to understand their employees, their team members as individuals. And each person maybe takes criticism or feedback or even praise in a different way. So in order for you to be a really competent and effective boss, you have to really know what pushes each person's buttons, good and bad, in any situation. And I think that's really important. I think that's now something that's coming much more to the forefront of effective leadership. So a degree in psychology could be your best friend. I actually have a minor in psychology. Oh, there you go. <laughs> this explains so much. <laughs> Number three, an awesome boss effectively navigates politics. But when we talk about navigating corporate politics, of course, it's without selling their own soul. It's not just being focused on their own personal career success. And it's definitely not about being a toxic influence on the culture. Nobody wants those types of bosses. What we're talking about is having a boss who can read the strategy, the layout, the politics, the inner workings of an organization. Because if you have a boss that can do that, your team is going to be more effectively positioned, uh, not only to be successful as a team, but honestly, to really to really get along further within the organization. So what I mean by that is, if you have a leader who's just in their office, no matter how high performing they might be, they might be hitting their goals every quarter, every month, every week, whatever the metrics are in that organization. But if they're siloed within those four walls of their office, they're not getting any allies. They're not getting any more vision as to what's going on within the larger organization. And that's not going to benefit the rest of the team in any way, shape or form. Yet, if they're good at navigating politics, they're good at cross collaboration within teams and within other departments, that's just going to create more opportunity for their own team members. So I think that those managers, the ones that see the big picture, the ones that see the good of the company as a whole, position themselves and their teams better for success. Absolutely. Because if you have a boss that gets along with the other heads of other departments, things are just going to flow naturally easier. And and emphasizing your point of playing the politics game doesn't mean being a cutthroat person who's only out for yourself. It's about being smart and about being collaborative. The next point is an awesome boss actually cares about their employees. And this is one of the things that every single listener that submitted their stories really hones in on. One of my best memories is a team baby shower when I was pregnant with my first son that included a lot of personalized touches. It was very clear that a lot of time and effort had gone into planning the baby shower and making it customized for me. And that made me feel amazing. They say that people don't always remember what you say, but they definitely remember how you made them feel. And making people feel seen and appreciated is definitely one of her superpowers. He will know when you were going through something and he will make a point of uh, making sure that whatever is going on, if he has something to contribute, uh, he will send, I don't know, articles. Uh, and, and again, this could be professional or personal. He was always on top of whatever you were going through. I love these stories and 
They are clearly aligned with what the research says. The awesome boss manages their team in a humane way, really being interested and curious about how your your team is doing. They show empathy and consideration when employees are dealing with difficult circumstances. Let's listen to one of the stories that talks about precisely this. My boss leads with a human first approach. Whenever I have a personal conflict or commitment, you know, with that really conflicts with a professional commitment, he's really supportive and never makes me feel like I'm not delivering. I went through a rough personal challenge when a family member was having a difficult time and he had zero hesitation when I shared the story and that I actually needed to miss an important business trip. It's that type of support is really rare in this corporate environment and really appreciated. I was able to be there for my family guilt-free with no repercussions or retaliation. This is a rare experience for a Gen X employee. You know, other bosses treat you like a number and really don't want to know any of the personal issues you're dealing with. And in my experience, there was a zero tolerance for personal challenges. So the impact of the way he responded in that really difficult moment was really more on my personal life than my career because I was able to be there for my family at a really, really tough time. Yeah, it it all comes down to empathy. You know when you're a number on someone's Excel sheet, you know by the way they treat you. You're just like a a row in an Excel deck. (laughs) can be easily deleted. So so we listen to these stories and it's just a shout out to bosses so they know that one gesture, one one action, one expression of care. That makes a bigger difference that you could ever imagine in the lives and in the hearts of your employees. And I know it sounds super like, oh, we're so sweet. Kumbaya, let's hold hands and blah, blah. But it's really not because it's the common theme that we're hearing, not only in all the, the voice notes that we've heard from all our listeners who submitted anecdotes, but It's just what you see in the research, what you read about in the different articles that we come across in other podcasts that we love and listen to. It goes back to being human and being authentic as a person and validating the other people who are on your team as individuals and as people. I think it's really, really important as well. So it's not a soft skill, people. It's the skill that you need to have. And this whole trend of quiet quitting, which we'll talk about in a more deeper way later on. I really think that that has to do when you have leadership that doesn't make you feel that way because you disengage, you, you feel that you are not cared for. Therefore, why am I going to go above and beyond for someone who clearly does not care about me? So I think those things are tied. Anyway, that, that's a much broader subject that to dive into later, but just making that, that little comment. No, it makes absolute sense because it does tie into the next point, number five, which is an awesome boss creates an inclusive team environment. It's all linked together, right? Because if you have psychological safety, if you as a manager make it a priority to build trust within your teams, people feel that they're more confident that they're not going to be embarrassed, that they're not going to be called out. They're not going to get any retribution if they made a mistake or if they asked the wrong question or if they gave an, gave, if they offered an idea that maybe wasn't the most groundbreaking idea wasn't the best idea or it sucked but at least was put it's out okay it's okay. <laughs> it's okay we all we're, have shitty ideas we don't all bad <laughs> home runs every single day but i think it's really really important and we had that great conversation with our episode earlier in the season with stav episode one of season two we had stav's dr stav's 
You say the name. Stav Feinschmidt. We had a really great episode with Stav where he talked about how important psychological safety is within an organization. And when you talk about how much further organizations and teams can perform when they feel that they are validated, when they feel confident and safe in their work environments. Let's listen to let's listen to this next audio. The bosses that were these awesome bosses in my life made me feel as if I was capable. I think the word capable is really important for a team. If your leader, if your boss is making you feel capable of achieving goals, capable of reaching that highest potential, capable of um, leading a project, capable of spearheading a new idea, I think that's an amazing feeling that represents really good uh, leadership. And point number six, really, really important. I know this because I lived it myself. An awesome boss improves decision-making, but improves decision-making within the team and for themselves. Because if you have a boss who cannot make a decision confidently, assuredly, within a reasonable time frame, (laughs) that just creates bottlenecks, that creates uncertainty, that creates just a lot of indecision and a feeling of just feeling stuck. Because if you have somebody as a boss who you go to a recommend, you go with for a recommendation and you say, this is the plan of action that I suggest we have. And they say, that's great. Great job. Hold on. Let me think about it. What's happening is (laughs) they're not really thinking about it. They're taking it to five other people to get their point of view and their opinion. (laughs) Checking the horoscope. And is it Mercury retrograde? Should I not? Let's not knock Mercury retrograde, Eileen. (laughs) We do not knock Mercury retrograde. Somebody's triggered right now. (laughs) But yeah, I I completely agree. When, When you have a boss that just can't make decisions quickly when they are needed and they slow the process down for everyone from them down, it's very frustrating. Yeah, and what does that do to the employees and the team members for that person? That makes them question, right? That makes them feel like, wait, if my boss can't make this decision, what? why? What's going on within the organization? What's going on within the team? Are we not performing? Like, It just doesn't create that level of certainty and confidence that a lot of times you need within a team to be able to just get the work done. Obviously, within the context of your business, some mistakes might be costlier than others. So obviously, some sometimes decisions do take a lot of time. But I'm talking about the people who just cannot make constant decisions on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, when it's a pattern. And exactly. And you see that it's not just this one problem. It's just the habit. It's just the way they are. It's just the pattern of behavior by this boss. Yes. Yes, yes, 100%. The next one is an awesome boss is a good communicator. It's a boss who coaches, provides feedback, and supports career growth. Great managers are great listeners, and this enables understanding. They are good conduits of info that comes from the top of the organization down to their teams. This makes their teams feel connected to the broader goals of the company. Another behavior of this boss is that they share as much as they can, you know, to the extent that they can, but they share with their teams what's going on. Um, They understand that transparency is beneficial and that if you as an employee can understand what is the strategy behind A, B, and C things that we're doing, 
that will give you more perspective and it will give you more motivation. The important thing is that the team feels as included, has some sort of visibility into what's important, and more importantly, that not only in the communication of what the company's goals are or what their strategic objectives are, but also gives feedback to their own employees, right? Especially we're coming up now on performance review season. When we talk about being a good communicator, it's also about giving feedback and coaching, whether it's good or bad. If you don't have that, you're kind of flying blind. And we had a really great discussion last season, remember, about the performance review uh, episode that we did with, with Chris. And she talked so much about that, the importance of having constant feedback, not just once a quarter or God forbid, once a year when it's performance review time. And the coaching portion as well. And I think, I don't know, when when in our times as Gen Xers, the focus was very much on results delivered, you know, efficiencies, hitting the numbers. And the coaching part, at least in my era, wasn't something that was like openly discussed ever so more that has such a direct impact on everybody that is working, you know, under a certain person that it is it is critical. It is a total game changer as to where a person can eventually get to in their career. So let's listen to to this audio that one of our listeners submitted. A quality that I admired most about her was her investment in developing her team including me. She actively coached me to make sure that I was ready when new opportunities became available in the organization. And she advocated for me when others didn't believe, including myself. She would see talent and potential in people, and then she would help us realize it. Nice. A a coaching boss is about setting you up for success as much as they possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. And when you have that kind of a feeling among a team, what do you get as a manager? You get a team that's a high-performing team, which is actually number eight on our list of how to be an awesome boss. (laughs) Because when you coach people, you allow them to push beyond what they even think that was possible within their own skill set or within their own abilities. You're also helping them balance what their expertise is or might have been in the past and giving them a path forward to maybe exploring something new. You take into account their skill set, you take into account their personalities, maybe even their style of work, but you ensure that all of that is aligned with what your organization's goals are. A bad manager can turn a bunch of superstar employees into like the terrible losing team of the bunch. Meanwhile, great managers can actually move up maybe mediocre performing teams into really A plus superstar rock star team members. And I really, I really do believe that that's true because if you are somebody who can coach and nurture, and then you bring a bunch of those people together, think about the possibility for an organization. That is a huge potential that you would unlock if you're able to do that. So I think that's really, really, really important. And by the way, what's also important is that that shows that that boss is not afraid of building that next generation of superstars. I I remember in our very first episode, when we launched this podcast, we had a great conversation with Cherry. And Cherry talked about the fact that she was known as 
breeding leaders. She was like the breeder of leaders or something like that. Leader breeder. Leader breeder. But I thought that that was fantastic because imagine getting a reputation as somebody who breeds that kind of instinctive, almost confidence, success within other people that then they do that for the next generation and so on and so on. What an amazing, what an amazing nurturing sort of talent to have. Okay, and the next one is an awesome boss has a clear vision and a strategy for the team. Great managers know where they are going, where the organization needs to go, and they make sure the whole team knows it too. Kind of, you know, picking up what we were saying before, you do not keep your team in the dark. Um, They are very careful to communicate what the scope is, what the expectations are, what specific actions are needed to execute on that strategy and make sure that every member in the team is working towards that that goal. Um, So laying out what your vision is, what you want to accomplish by when is critical to get a team moving forward in the correct direction. It seems like such a basic point, but if you think about it, it's it's sort of like, and I know we don't want to put them in any sort of order of importance, but if you don't have, as a leader, a clear vision or strategy that you can articulate, communicate, and like get the team to rally behind, everybody's sort of then pushing in their own direction. Yeah. And I have seen really effective leaders, people who want the best for the company, people who are great humans, great people, want the best for their team members, but they have a really hard time articulating a vision and a strategy for that team. Yes. And you have no idea how hard those team members have to work to try to decipher it on their own. I've seen it happen. And it's one of those things that can really derail that sense of alignment, obviously, within the team. Because if you don't know what direction you're going towards and why, it, it sort of kind of makes you feel like you're in this like hamster wheel. But if you can, if you are somebody that does, then everybody has crystal clear clarity. Like everybody has absolute clarity with why this is important, why what I am doing matters, and why I, as an individual contributor, do add to the bottom line. That's really, really important. And I think what you said is is it's totally true. It sounds it sounds so easy and it sounds like of course it is really hard to do that. You know, sometimes if a boss is new in a role, you can't expect that person to have this laid out immediately. Um give them some time. Uh but at the same time, you have to get there sooner rather than later. Yeah, so <laughs> so the team can follow. But but yes, it is the difference between having a clear path to work towards and, you know, being in the dark and struggling and, and weeping at home <laughs> while eating a tub of ice cream. And I wanted to add another one, um, actually, because the listener submitted this and I thought it was really interesting. It's not in necessarily the research that we found, but it makes a ton of sense. Let's listen to let's listen to what this person said. The other thing he was really he is really good at is slowing things down, uh, especially when things are complicated, tumultuous, stressful. He displays a, a sense of calm that is contagious, and he starts asking questions in a very calm way that forces you to, like I said, stop, and you you can actually feel how the time slows down around you and how things become clearer. 
I think this is a fantastic quality. Um, it's not one that comes naturally to me. So when I read this, it's like, <laughs> this makes sense. You know, the person and, and we worked in media, so everything was fast, fast, you know, and results now. So it's really easy to get sucked up in hitting deadlines and like making things happen. But when you have that person that within that madness can say, okay, let's, let's, and, and talks like this, um, Glenda, do you think, <laughs> have you thought about A, B, or C? It just immediately is like, whoa. You're like, like wait, it, what? It, wait, wait, can I have a gummy too? <laughs> <laughs> but it's really important, right? The, these people that have the ability to slow down the pace, to ask questions, to slow everybody's heart rate down a minute so we can think and not just react. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but I do think that there's something to be said for a boss that can do that, that can create a sort of space for the rest of the team to be able to take a breath, like stop, take a beat, like regroup, think. But that boss has to have a very particular kind of personality to be able to pull yeah. that off. I don't know that many people. I'm really trying to think off the top of my head who has that. I can think of a couple of people who have something like that, but not this Zen master that, <laughs> that we just heard about. <laughs> Mr. That, Mijagi. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We need a little bit more of that kind of Zen mentality. I, yeah. I too. And I mean, I think I try to have my moments of Zen, but it's very, very <laughs> difficult to fuck me. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> no, and, and, and even if, if even if you yourself as a boss struggle with being a Zen master, a Miyagi all the time, at least if you serve as a sort of buffer, for the rest of your team to be able to take that step. However, you have to assume that role. If you're allowed to do that, if you allow yourself to mm -hmm. do that, that's going to give your team a little bit more space to be able to have. Or find the person on your team that is that person, you know, and leverage yeah. that kind of mood shifting, calmer um, CBD person in the mix. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I love it. I think this has been such a great conversation because I really do think that so often we get hung up on shit talking bosses trashing. and mm -hmm. trashing bosses. And it's fun to do that every once in a while because, you know, that's sort of the stereotype. But there really are so many bosses out there who really are trying to do right by their teams, mm -hmm. trying to do right by their organizations. So it's really, really great that we can shine a light on them, however many there are out there. <laughs> and hear the stories from people who work for them, you know, and with, with no hidden agenda. Authentic stories of people that have impacted so positively the lives of people that have worked for them. So keep going. Shout out to amazing bosses who who do their best and really care and are doing a really good job. Keep it going. Keep it going. I am going to give a hundred percent shout out to Evan Levine and Noah Davis. Been working with them for the past six years. And I think after a certain 
amount of time that you work with people that are older, more experienced, you learn from them. And as the old saying goes, right, the um, student becomes the master and there's always some rough patches in that sort of transition. But I continue to look up to them. I'm super grateful for the opportunities that they've given me. And like I said before, even though it sounds like a cheesy slogan, they made me feel capable. I felt encouraged, inspired, and that to me is is what made that so special. So I'm grateful. And Elliot, if by any chance you're listening, thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, Want to give a shout out to Josh. You're an awesome manager who leads with your heart. You've changed my perspective of how a boss can show up and inspire their employees to work hard by being an empathetic supporter of our lives. Thank you, Josh. His name is Gratian Klein. Uh, what would I say to him? Uh, I'll say, man, uh, <laughs> I'm getting emotional now. You are one of those imprescindable people uh, that we all need to come across in order to better ourselves. And that's what I have to say about Gratian. Serving Corporate was produced and edited by me, Eileen Marcel, and made better by the spot-on feedback of Glenda Pekinens. A big thanks to the folks who shared their stories with us today. Ariel, Joe, Emmanuel, and Christine, and the listeners who preferred to stay anonymous. If you liked today's episode, please rate it with a whopping five stars or write us a review. It really, really makes a positive impact, just like an awesome boss does. Follow us on Instagram and LinkedIn, and you can DM us there if you want to get in touch. Stay safe out there, corporate surfers. See you next time.